I just scrolled. I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll. Not like <laughs> not I don't like know how to don't, do not this. Not like we don't know it. All right. Welcome to Trust the Journey. <laughs> oh, welcome. Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Jason Malitsky. And I am Melanie Curtis. Our mission is to live, love, laugh, and learn together with you. Yes, amen. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust, trusting the entire journey. Dang straight. Dang straight. If you want to find us on the great big wide old internet, you can search our handle, trustthejourney.today, and that will get you to us on Facebook, on Instagram. It'll get you to our website. It'll get you to our Patreon page. Anywhere that you're looking to find us, you will find us at trustthejourney.today. Heck yes. And so today, so today we are diving in. Let's do this thing. We are talking about seasons. Whoa. Where to begin? I love these oh. wide open topics. <laughs> I can tell you that a cold front came through last night oh. and the season here definitely had that feel of change. It's been like bare, like a hot, hot fall. And last night a cold front came through and I had my hat, my jacket, my wool socks, slippers, like everything to snuggle up and it felt so good. Makes me so happy to put on coats and sweaters and I love the colder the colder seasons. It's fall where I am in New Jersey. Fall is my absolute number one. If we go bare bones seasons like the natural seasons, fall is my favorite by far. So there's a relief as seasons change, right? Like one of the joys of seasons is the ch the change itself. And we change was one of our last topics and that where the world and our environment and nature that is all around us is changing without us having any control. We're just on for the ride. There's this wonderful the relief that comes with it every time a period ends. Yeah. Right. And because a new period begins, right? Whether it's been hot and it's now cooling off and we're getting some relief from the heat yeah. or whether it's been cold and we're now getting it warming up and we're getting some reprieve from the cold. Yeah. There's some great value in it's this one of my favorite um, analogies that I've written myself is which is better putting warm dry socks on your feet or taking off socks that you've been wearing for so long you just can't wait to take them off. <laughs> exactly. I mean both are so good. They're both good. Both are so good. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things I jotted down in reflecting about this topic just before recording. I uh yeah, to me it's a, it's that feeling of newness. There's aliveness, there's newness, there's energy, there's electricity in those changes. And yeah, like even going into what ironically summer is my least favorite season. I just, I just don't like being hot. It's not my big, I'm just not a big fan of that. But at the same time, it is nice because you get to do certain things in that environment, you know, because I live in a place where I get all four seasons is the all four natural seasons, which I love. I'm so glad I live back in the seasons. It's like hiking right now in the fall 
with the fall colors and oh, just the the leaves under my feet. You know, it's it seems so 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 simple, but I find such a great peace and presence and joy being in the forest as it's doing its thing. You know what I mean? And so it's cool to to swim. Like this summer, I was really called to swim a lot. And I didn't swim as much as I would have liked to. But yeah, like the the way that, at least for me, I immerse or connect with or engage or play in nature is I like having options. I like the differences. I think I would just really dislike. That's one thing I really, I did not like that much about living in Southern California that much is it, yeah, you have some, you have some seasonal change, but for the most part, it's sunny all the time. Like it's when you get rain, you're like, holy shit, it's a miracle. Yay. You know, so that type of thing was always, it's like, it was like the version of a snow day being a professional skydiver. The day, yeah. the days it would rain, it'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah, I get to stay home and just watch TV or just whatever. You know what I mean? I I, I got to relate. I remember living in Arizona when I lived in Eloy for a couple years, and it just is sunny and perfect weather <laughs> to jump almost every single day. If it's not perfect, it's just a little too windy, right. but it's probably still sunny. It only rains like half a dozen days out of the year if you're lucky. And I remember if the one period I was there, it did not rain for 10 months straight. Wow. You know, there was just 10 months of dry blue skies. And I remember going, when am I supposed to do laundry? If I'm always jumping, if I'm always at the airport, if I'm always taking advantage of the good weather right then when do i ever have anything else time to do anything else in my life and i, I didn't really after a while i kind of got tired of the imbalance yeah of yeah of not having this like change you know? yeah yeah me too i lived briefly yeah. in arizona as well and <laughs> i never liked it i really never really liked it i i was that i'm not a fan of the of that that experience of of perpetual sun, which sounds weird because I love the sun. I feel very connected spiritually to the sun. And I, of course, you love being in the sun and it's just wonderful. But yeah, there was something about that that just didn't work for me, didn't nurture my soul. Uh, not to say that it can't because some of my friends really love it there. You know, they love the wide open expanses of the desert and and all of that type of just that that experience but anyway it just really wasn't for me um but one thing i did really like and this is i don't know this sort of speaks to something else i think but i absolutely loved when those massive storms would come through you know oh, yeah. i mean maybe it was just cuz it's a micro change you know a micro uh difference of what you're experiencing but yeah i loved those like massive thunderstorms and sandstorms it was pretty badass mm. So for most of our listeners who've been listening already, you know that I've spent the last number of years of my life living in Florida, and Florida really only has two seasons, <laughs> the wet season and the dry season. It right. really is subtropical, so it starts raining around April or so, and it stops raining every single day somewhere around mid to late November, and then it only rains every few weeks. You know, it still rains a lot, but relative to other places, but it's only, you know, once a month or so when you get a front that comes through, you get some rain on the front side of it. 
and the lack of change or the the seemingly coming from a place growing up in Canada where seasons are very present in your experience you know the difference between winter and summer are just so disparate um that when you're in a place like Florida where they're so relative to each other that you really don't have that same cycle it does throw me off things seem a little long like they kind of drag on forever mm-hmm. and the timing of when the leaves change in Florida is surprising to anybody who doesn't live there. It's like January, February Wow, is when, when the leaves change. And there's not that many that actually change. There's very few species that actually turn color, and they have a very limited range of color relative to other places. So it does feel really off. Um, and I was really noticing it. I've been in Utah the last couple of weeks and watching all the colors change in the mountains and so these good. beautiful pinks and reds. I saw this tree the other day and it made me go, Oh, because uh, yeah, right. I actually stop us. Like, oh, like, oh, look at that tree. Yeah. Exactly. yeah so cool. That was it was like somebody, too. Yeah, it's like somebody took a paintbrush and went like uh, across the top of the tree, but like they got it kind of diagonally. And so the whole top uh. is this crimson red and it transitions to a yellow, and then it's still bright green on the bottom. Uh, so it had this beautiful contrasting, like, fire red on top and bright, rich green on the bottom. And I'm just like, wow, this is what makes fall so amazing is this. Yes. The paintbrush of nature is just, wow, wow like, know. all over the place. Oh, it's I amazing. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. I could talk about literally just fall colors the whole episode. I won't do that to you, listeners. <laughs> I promise. I might. <laughs> <laughs> we might. Who knows? No, but I was also thinking the, about because I also love. I really love winter. I love the snow. I love skiing. I love you know immersing again. Like I said, in all the different elements. So I have this anticipation almost for each season. So because there are things I like to do in each season. And I don't get like I don't get to ski in the summer. I don't get to ski in the fall. I don't get to ski in the spring. I only really get to ski in the winter. And so there's this great anticipation of like, ah, oh, I'm so excited to do this this thing that I really love to do, but really can't do very often. So there's that almost that dopamine thing where you're you're out in the future. You're excited for something. You're anticipating something positive coming your way, and. Uh, one of the quotes that I love, I, I just love this, I, I, this quote, and it's basically, I've probably said it before on the show, is there is no bad weather, there, is only bad, there are only bla- bad clothing choices, <laughs> you know? So when people are like, oh, man, I hate the winter, I'm just like, nope, love it, bring it on. Yeah. So that cold front rolled through yesterday. And it started the night before, in the middle of the night, it started to get windy. And I woke up in the morning and the wind started to just howl. And I had put a bunch of things outside. I was moving a bunch of stuff. And I wanted to have some space for the night, so I made a stack of stuff outside. And I I thought about it. You know, I put the lightest stuff on the bottom and the heaviest stuff on top. And actually was pretty good heavy pile. But the wind still took it. Wow. And tore it away. And then when I went outside, I'm like, I looked at it. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's just blown over there. It's fine. I'll go get it in a little bit. And then what I didn't realize is that I had got all these plastic storage totes and the lids for them had come off and they were hundreds of yards (laughs) scattered around the whole area. 
<laughs> and I didn't even notice because they went flying. Oh, like, my God. Oh my god. The joys of learning your new mobile existence. Yeah, and I got sandblasted in the process. Like, I started to get, it looked like Burning Man, like dust storm craziness. I actually (laughs) shot a bunch of video, which I might share because it was super intense. It was really fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know what I love? um, Just touching on, you were touching on the winter thing there. And the, I love this crunch of the snow Mm. when you walk on it like the crispy, crunchy, crackly, like there's a crispness to the air in your nose mm-hmm. and on your skin mm-hmm. and the way that the ground is hard. And I, I love all that. And I don't know if it's because I grew up with it and it brings back, you know, lots of memories of, of just enjoying being outside as a kid or if it, is just truly appreciation at this present moment. But either way, I don't think it matters. It's really about the valuing the change and valuing and always knowing that it's temporary. It's just not going to last, right? Like if we don't get caught up in thinking of it as a permanent situation, like, oh, the cold, they're like, no, cherish it because it's going to be gone before you know it. Oh, the heat, like cherish it because it'll be gone before you know it. The colors, they're going to be gone, you know, and then everything's just going to be sticks and all the leaves are going to come back again. You know, like it's always about how it's constantly in that state of change. So valuing that impermanence is really what it's all about when it comes to this concept of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course the metaphorical nature of the of the concept of seasons for sure. I was thinking about that. I was talking with a friend the other day about being in my 40s and being like, I'm cool, but I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the nature of the, the concept of being like a, you know, seasoned competitor or a seasoned business person. Now, certainly I don't feel that way in all realms of my life and we joke about being toddlers as it relates to podcasting, and I so feel that way too. But more reflecting on this concept of being like, I feel like for me, in being in my 40s, in my early 40s, there is a sense of ease that has come with that, that has come from the experience of life of just having been through a bunch of shit been through a bunch of changes, you know, having had countless opportunities to build resilience such that now here today, 42 years old, I'm like pretty chill. You know what I mean? Certainly comparatively to what I was 10 years ago, even five years ago, you know, being just much more relaxed as a human being inside change, inside newness, inside unpredictability, that type of stuff. You know, the whole seasons of our lives concept and moving through these chapters in our own life experience, it's really a beautiful thing. You know, we are reading our own life story to ourselves. We are telling ourselves our life story and we are creating our life story every single day of our lives. And that appreciation, I think there's this thing that you hear as a young person that you can't understand until you're an older person. And then as until you're at the end of your life, you can't understand, you know, what it was like to be from the middle of your life, looking at the end of your life that 
you're just like, oh, you, you, you won't under- appreciate, fully appreciate that until you're older. Totally. You know? Totally. And it's so, so true. Oh, it's so infuriating as a younger person to hear that. To I be know. like, damn it, why can't I just get it now? Ah, oh, you're so stressed out. You're so freaking out. You're really earnestly worried about whatever it is that you're worried about. You know, and that's Especially normal. in your 20s, yeah, right? In your 20s. You're like, I'm going to crush the world. I'm going to do all this stuff. And you're like, you don't know nothing, oh son, my God. daughter, person, human. Wait oh. till you get older and you actually have a view on things. Oh, right? my the, God. Sorry. But the, uh, but the polarizing beauty of that is once you do reach the different the next season, you know, you get out of your childhood and into your teens, out of your teens, into your 20s, out of your 20s, into your 30s. And you're like, oh, 30s. And then you get into your 40s and you're like. Yeah, dude. Like it's just <laughs> super chill. I know. <laughs> it's so much more chill. I'm so glad. I'm so I honestly, I'm so glad life gets better every single corner that you turn, you know? Like oh. Well, and that's the thing is that I don't necessarily I really do resonate with the quote, you don't it doesn't get better, you get stronger. And it does I believe it does get better. So there is a part of that that I'm like, I disagree with the it doesn't get better. But meaning there's always challenges. There's always things that are unexpected. There's always things that are gonna come up that we wouldn't choose. And we're just better at getting through stuff like that. We're not as worried about it, you know, because and that's where the ease for me at least comes from in terms of feeling like I'm seasoned in any way, you know. So check this out. All right. So um, our listeners already know I spent the last year building out this fan that I'm coming to you from today and the. After a year of working on it, a literal year of it in my driveway, hammers and screwdrivers and drills and busting knuckles and banging my head and cutting it. I actually have a pretty big scar up <laughs> I know, here now. Your forehead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, working working on it so hard, and I'm I'm at the point where I'm like my list. I'm like I checked the last thing off my list, and there's only one thing on my list. And it's not for me to do. It's for my mechanic, right? I'm going to give it to my mechanic and I'm going to be like, hey, Rob, can you put this alternator in? I'm upgrading the electronic electrical system. I drop it off at a shop. The next one hour later, a storm rolls through. A tornado rips through downtown to land. The building at Rob's building gets the whole roof ripped off. He lost every single roof panel on his entire building. The buildings next door are destroyed, like completely devastates the downtown. I just dropped my van off there an hour before. Oh my One God. of those roofing panels rips off and smashes into the side of my van, wrinkles up the door, the side of the panel, oh. scratches all down the side, puts scratches in all the brand new paint and oh. all the trim work I just did. And I walk up and I look at it. I went there in the middle of the night after the tornado stuff had calmed down and the emergency crews were everywhere. And I just look at it and it's all scratched. I'm like, wow, I just spent the year working on this thing and the thing's all banged up. Eh. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, mm. eh. yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's what happens. <laughs> totally. And I'm not upset. And right. I remember observing myself and observing me going, yeah, this is me. This is how I respond now that I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> right. Where if I was in my 20s, I'd probably punch it. Like, I'd probably get really angry and just stomp my feet. Uh, I would Throw cry. my hands in the air I would cry. cry. I would cry. Some emotional emotional outburst, yeah, right? Like yeah. some 
unnecessarily overly emotional yep. response <laughs> in relationship to had something that's just just doesn't matter really. It's just no control. It's yeah. out of our control, you know. And I think that's kind of what I wanted to bring this point to is the beautiful thing about the seasons in our lives and the seasons in our natural world of the earth spinning around the sun, you know, we don't have any control of these things passing. These things are occurring. This is occurring. And all we can really do is be grateful that we're here to observe it occurring, Mm -hmm. you know, like, amen. I am so happy. I am here. Yeah. Thank God I'm here because there's only one other alternative and it's just not as fun. Yeah, so true. I don't, we don't think anyway. Who knows? Maybe it will be eventually. But yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that if we are able to connect to gratitude and connect to what you were saying earlier about just that valuing of the experiences that we are in, whether it's relative to leaves changing or whatever, whether it's relative to a season of our life or a chapter that we're in that's challenging or a chapter that we're in that's really wonderful or a chapter that we're in that's boring, whatever. You know what I mean? I remember thinking, I because uh, I've had interestingly polarized experiences as I think most people have in the sense of I've had experiences of extreme loneliness and I've had experiences of extreme over stimulation and connection with other human beings. And I love being connected with humans, but I very much remember like desperately wanting time to myself during that season of my life. And then being able to, when I was really in those painfully lonely periods, I was able to remember back and go, I I really wished for this time to myself on a different day. So I'm like, so I would kind of almost coach myself and be like, what can I do with this time with myself, given that's what I'm, what I have now. And it was really helpful. It's not like it, it, it diffused the pain instantly or anything like that, but it definitely helped me connect to gratitude, which always sort of tapers a feeling of challenge or a feeling of loss or a feeling of just resistance to what is. You know what I mean? It connects, at least for me, it connects me to the positive value in the experience that I'm having, even if it's one that I don't necessarily short-term enjoy. That's the grass is greener, right? The same kind of analogy where when we're in a moment in our lives and we wish for something to be different than what it is, we find ourselves in another moment and wish for the thing that we had in the other scenario. Yeah. You know? Another thing, this is just sort of came to my mind, so I'll just throw it out unless you have something else you want to add to that. No, I, I'll hold my thought. I have one, but I'll, I'll hold it. Yeah. I might totally take us in a different direction. <laughs> Well, I'll, okay, I'll just say that I, as I left Florida recently, I really appreciated the beauty of Florida. So it was ironic that it took to be leaving 
to truly be like, oh, I sure love the clouds here. Oh, I sure love the ocean here. Oh, I'm going to miss these things, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. it was only that as I'm like driving away and they're behind me that, oh, like. Yeah, right. You know? Right. Yeah. That that may, reminds us and go, oh, man, I should have been more grateful, quote unquote. Should have. Sure. I should have appreciated it more while I had it. I mean, gosh, you hear that in relationships all the time. You only appreciate <sighs> what you had until it's gone. That's the number one, right? Yeah. For well, sure. I sure should have been more grateful that she made me sandwiches every day. <laughs> right. Right. Totally. No, what I was going to say and what I was going to go, I mean, it's, it's sort of, I mean, it's all in the same sort of track, but I was thinking about the idea of, you know, being, again, being sort of an older person and again, whatever that means, whatever, I don't mean that in a bad judgmental way, but like being in my 40s, being a little bit further along in my career, there's interesting seasons in your career as well, where only because I've been doing what I've been doing for so fucking long and I've been, you know, like both in skydiving, both as a life coach, as a writer, as a speaker, only now am I in a season where it feels like, okay, cool, yeah, I can step onto these larger stages with ease. I can, you know what I mean? Create collaborative relationships with people who are totally people I admire. You're a great example of that, Jay. Like us doing a collaborative project, you know what I mean? Taking on Trust the Journey and doing that, that's only because when we decided to explore this idea, I was at a certain place in my career and my professional confidence as a result of that. You know what I mean? So I see that in all sort of lanes of my professional life as well. And so anyway, I just invite young people who are like wishing more were coming their way. It's like, stay the course. You know what I mean? Keep doing the work. Keep doing the things in alignment with your values because it does build to that, that core confidence that bigger opportunities mag you know magnet that magnetizes bigger opportunities i really have enjoyed my own personal maturation process so i guess this is a reflection for anybody who's in the same age bracket and it's a appreciation or a perspective for anybody who's in a younger age bracket of being young so i'll, I'll throw a story on the table so that somebody can relate Back in 1998, I applied for a job that I wanted because I saw the potential. I was like, oh, that job is badass. I would love to do that job. I could do that. I could be the best at that. I could do that. Like, oh, 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 puppy scratching. Yeah. Like, me, 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 right? I want to do this. And my application didn't even get a response. (laughs) I didn't get a no. I just didn't even get an answer. Painful. Painful. Oh. I'm laughing not because it's funny. It's no, like it's, fu- it's hilarious. It sucks. it sucks because I'm so eager and I'm so right. thinking that I deserving and I'm going to be awesome at this. Right, right. I actually got that job 14 years later. Wow, that's cool. 14 years later, I became the person for that job. But it took me maturing 14 years and coming to a point of my own ability to move past my ego, to move past my opinion, you know, to move past all the, and to actually gain 
expertise, you know, a decade and a half of being in the trenches of being in the field and learning to do something to the point where now the respect is, I didn't ask for the job when I got it 14 late years later, the job was offered. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. where's, where's the dichotomy in that is so beautiful is that you're like, as a young pup, you're just like scratching at the surface and, and you're like, just come back later. Maybe <laughs> right. just go away, you know, <laughs> prove yourself and we'll think about it. Right. And to when you actually, if you put in the time and you put in the work and you actually make it your passion, then as exactly as you're saying, you know, then later on down the road, people are coming to you asking for your opinion because they recognize you as an expert in your field. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. It's interesting too, because only in sort of recognition of that, have I been able to also then apply it to the new things I'm taking on? Like I, I liken it to, so skydiving is the long-term, the most confidence is in that realm right? Life coaching as a one-on-one teammate for someone in challenge or looking to grow in a certain way or looking to have a certain kind of reflective teammate environment, yada, yada. That's sort of second. And then we've, you've got the sort of public speaking arm of my my professional life and that I'm most new in that zone. And I, yeah. you know, I feel pretty, I feel okay in that zone. I mean, mm, not great, but I feel definitely like I am content to continue showing up there and continuing to do that work, continuing to torture myself in the ways that that type of growth is torturous <laughs> for anyone who's a public speaker or keynote or anything like that or facilitator knows this this uh, the comical torture of it. But... I, because I'm a, I believe in it, because I love the idea of the impact, the potential impact and positive impact of that, that lane of my work, I, and the, the, that lane of connecting and that lane of potential collaboration and, oh, like that really it enlivens me a lot to the point where even though it's in that torturous, like, oh, I know it's going to take me quite a while and a lot of work and keep doing the work. I feel like because I've experienced that in other realms of my career and my core confidence that I I know I'll get there if I keep showing up, if I stay humble, if I, you know what I mean? Like that humility is so critical in that type of lane as well. Cause, oh my God, I've had some fucking bombs. That's for sure. (laughs) crickets crickets in the audience people oh god fucking awesome i'll raise my hand for that experience oh so bad so i'll relate a little bit is that um my own journey has been learning gaining my own voice has been something that came through skydiving you know Uh, before skydiving i was a blue collar worker i was worked as a mechanic usually hands-on building stuff and so you only work with a couple of people at a time even when i had a team and there was like four guys maybe and myself so you really didn't have a lot it was a close communication 
And skydiving brought me to the process of having a complete stranger walk up to me and me saying, hi, how you doing? I'm Jay. I'm going to be your instructor today. And so having to validate my own confidence in who I am and what I'm going to share and it being the correct information or at least the best possible information I could offer on the topic at the time. And that learning to be confident in my voice you know, develop over the years into becoming a coach. You know, there's a big difference between being an instructor and reading off a sheet of music and being a coach and composing the music as is it is required at the moment and coming up with writing the curriculums and leaning into this whole process of developing the confidence and saying, no, what we've been saying is wrong. I want to, and what I've been saying is wrong. I want to change what I've been saying because I know no better way of doing it. And here's where the pivot happens in the story is that I've always felt like when I have somebody's ear, it's an opportunity at some point for me to put something in the conversation, which may be a nugget of gold that might be worth more than say the superficial level of discussion that is being currently occurring. Yes. And I, that's been a practice for me for a very long time where I will give deep commentary and hopefully if there's somebody there who would like to pick that up, then we can engage on a deeper level of connection and we can relate in a way where we're now speaking to each other directly and it is 11, 11 a.m. I love that. 11, 11, 11. Yes. Actually. Oh. And so that's a practice that I've been engaging in my entire life. And as I became a traveling instructor and tour of the world, standing in front of classrooms, I would often, almost daily, speak towards our interpersonal actions, how we are as humans, where real value is in life, what we're there to do is a metaphor for the other things that we're doing in our lives. And I appreciate the direction that's come from other um, leaders in this area is I'll reflect on Brian Germain as a great example for offering Zen commentary in relation to, to anything to do with canopy piloting. Absolutely. John LeBlanc also throws stuff that way nice. regularly. And I, I truly appreciate that because it's given me the authority and the authorization to go ahead and deepen the conversation mm -hmm. and see if anybody else would like to have a deeper conversation mm -hmm. because there's of such equal value and that practice i'm talking over a decade of practicing that has brought me to this point where you and i can have a deeper conversation and i know that this conversation is being listened to by a wider audience and i'm okay with it and i'm confident and i'm comfortable with that yeah and my true calling is to speak on the nature of the depth of the human experience, mm -hmm. on the nature of consciousness, on the nature of existence, on the nature of spirituality, and learning to be confident, to grow into a voice that I can say, this is something I have been practicing speaking about. And when I'm speaking about it, I'm not just throwing some stuff on the table to show off what I think I might have learned, yep. you know, as a young guy, talking from a lifetime of experience. Yeah, and totally. That's the seasonal change, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's this whole, you can't understand it until you get there Yeah. piece of the puzzle. Well, and the sine wave of, of a seasonal change can be uh, on many different frequencies, as in it can be an annual frequency, as in we're talking about the seasonal uh, change in the earth, but 
yeah, like seasonal change in life. And this is something that I, I I reflect on more now. And you sort of touched on this in your share just there is the, okay, I'm at this point in my life and I, there are, there are seasons in life that I have not experienced yet, a.k.a. I'm 42 years old. I don't know what it's like to be 70. You know what I mean? To So oh, yeah. this idea of really, really caring to listen to and learn from our elders and mentors, you know what I mean? And not to say like a mentor has to be an older person age-wise, it's just that's a clear distinction, you know what I mean, of a season that we have not, we cannot access, right? Because if we're talking about a mentor in a skill set, you know what I mean? Some people in skydiving are very young, but they're very experienced because they've dedicated their life wholly and completely from a very young age and thus at, you know, 29, they're a freaking crazy champion and they're meant to be they are the the further down the line in terms of a season type of of educator and mentor um and so anyway i i'm reflecting on that because i feel like there is a part of of entering new seasons in life that can catch us off guard you know what i mean like even just talking to my parents and talking to them about certain ailments that they are experiencing with their physical bodies. You know what I mean? And really having just having that help me have real gratitude and and respect for my body functioning the way it does currently. You know what I mean? And to not take for granted my physical health and my physical lack of pain for example so like that type of stuff i feel like is it there's like some gold you know what i mean and talking to older people that are that are further down the life path than we are absolutely i'll share a very short story that i reflect on regularly do it i can remember skidding in across the landing area in eloy this would have been in 2000 2001 and I was at the height of my attacking of the learning what how to swoop period and it was really undefined there was no standard way to approach it at that time there was a lot of different approaches to how to skin that cat and I was just putting the throttle down and going for it every single time and this I come skin to a stop and this older fella, big white mustache, balding, little white hair, dark glasses. Son, you are going to regret that when you are older. Oh. Oof. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, whatever, old man, I'm indestructible. You know? Right. Like, totally. I would smack into the ground and get up and go, I can't believe nothing broke. That should have oh broke. Oh, my gosh. Why didn't it break? I'm like, oh, let's just do it again. You oh, know? my gosh. Oh my God, so reckless with my amusement park of a body. Oh my God. Ridiculous. 
Yeah, I feel like that engagement for me takes intention. It's very, very easy for me to get super hyper focused on what I'm doing now. I can be and like the projects that I'm that I'm connected to. So whatever it is that I'm looking forward and I'm anticipating and I'm building and I'm working on right now. I get really intensely committed to that shit and really, really into doing it. And I'm glad I'm glad for that. You know, I have these real high motivation periods. I have a fuck ton of energy still, which is super cool. I credit that to my willingness and my my ferocious commitment to living in alignment with my core values and having done the work to determine what those are and continual reflection on that stuff. But why I say all that is that because of that, what that can do to me is it can box out me taking the time to have and to reach out to mentors, to older people in my life that I wouldn't necessarily normally invite a deeper dialogue with. You know what I mean? Because I'm just doing my thing. I got it. I got it. I got it. This is my goals. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Right? So it's like I just, I watch myself for that type of boxing out because I'm so focused and engaged. Again, it's not a bad thing. It's more just that I have to make, I have to be intentional about those other connections as it relates to mentorship of life seasons and and where I'm going and what I might anticipate in addition to what I already have on my radar. That's a great reminder. You you got me. I can always tell what is kind of happening within my own experience when if my eyes start to go up and kind of look around like up in my eyebrows, I realize that I'm like I'm looking to like I'm like, "Oh, am I doing that? Is <laughs> right, this something right. I'm thinking like I'm doing this self-analysis yes. process, I get you know?" It. Me too. Because you you start talking about mentors, and I'm like, who are my mentors right, right now? Who, I know. who am I looking up to? Where am right. I gaining my information from? Like, what are my, who are my role models? And I can think about the times I was having a great conversation with one a fantastic friend, um, Rich Webb, and I just a couple of days ago we're out paragliding and we'd gone for a hike and we we're chatting, and he said, and I'm sure he won't mind if I quote him. He'll say he said, I realized I needed to change what I was doing when I was no longer inspired by the people that I was around. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, am I truly inspired by what is around me? And if not, I'm going to go somewhere where I'm inspired by the people I surround myself with. And I realized that in myself, I'm like, yeah, I've done that for years. Like, mm-hmm. I've always just gone, I'm going to go put myself next to whoever's best at this so I can just watch how they approach things and pick up on all the little nuances and the details and get that you know, mentorship, apprenticeship kind of relationship going in order to truly gain that as a part of myself. And that's that seasonal uptake. Yeah. Right. The nutrients, the like feeding ourselves, that knowledge, that information, that passion in order to develop into the, you know, the greater tree that is going to be our life. There's some analogies for you, right? Yeah. Oh, God, I know. I just watched Kiss the Ground on Netflix last night, the documentary on the, on the soil. It's great. Oh, yeah, gosh. it's about regeneration. Get... It's about, you know, reversing the impacts of climate change and global warming as it relates to, and it's, uh, you know, the achievable path to that via regenerative farming and and working with the land and the soil but but i'm certainly no expert in that environment in that uh, that that area 
But um, what you mentioned about and what your friend said, there's insight in that, certainly. There's something that I've noticed, and this is partly only because I, I feel like I lucked out, but I see this a lot in my life coaching work, and I easily could have ended up in this scenario as well. And I do in micro ways still, of course. But if we wait until we are uninspired by those we are around or what we are doing, we inevitably have a period of winter, you know what I mean, of desolate, of desert, right? And I'm not saying there isn't great value in the desert and the winter emotionally or transitionally as it relates to the choices that we make in our lives and careers and stuff. I'm just saying that if we have a little bit more foresight and anticipation of the potentiality of that inspiration fading, then we can spend some of our time, if we want to, we can spend some of our time now working on and starting to build the semblance of a foundation of the next chapter, of the next big thing. And I only say that because that's exactly what I did with life coaching in that I was still very happy in skydiving. I was still stoked. I was fucking running Elsinore's, you know, skydive Elsinore's events and doing the Elsinore thing and loving it. And it was great competing, yada, yada, yada. But I just was like, I know that I'm going to not love this eventually. I just know it. I know this is not going to be enough for me. And so I, in not losing any gratitude for what I was living in, but then going, what would I like? What would I do? You know, and just having those parallel, those parallel self-inquiries and parallel engagements, if you can and if you want to, that sometimes will help you avoid the like, oh, fuck, now I'm unhappy, desperation, what do I do next? Because that can really drive us, that desperate feeling of I'm really unhappy and I got to get the fuck out of here, that can drive life choices that put people on painful paths as well. I absolutely relate to what you're saying. I can remember being in the peak of my um, competitive canopy piloting career and thinking to myself, you know, in a few years, I'm going to be a little over 40 and I'm not going to want to be doing this anymore. Yeah. And I was actually at the height of what I was doing, but also able to see, you know, four or five years down the road. I'm like, five years from now, this is not going to be my life. And people, people looking at me going, what? Right. You know, and I'd say it in a team meeting. I'm like, look, five years from now, I won't be part of this anymore. They're like, no, you'll be part of it forever. And I'm like, get real. Like things come and they go. You're so funny. Get real. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it takes something to be reflective like that though. I think some people are not like that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, it's a, you know, it's about having to be like this or like this and I'm having my hands up to show you know having the blinders on or having the blinders pulled back and being able to really see that we do not have control of that change that change is going to occur whether we want it to or not and the best thing we can do is be grateful for it and thankful and say okay this is going to happen whether I like it or not my body is going to get older and it's going to start working differently and I'm going to have to start thinking and acting differently as a result of that. Thank you, because now I can reflect on that. I can make these changes. I can rearrange my life to be more 
gratitude based. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It's interesting that we, I feel like it, on the show, we haven't actually talked about gratitude much recently. Obviously, Not recently, it, yeah. obviously, it's a core pillar of both of our lives. And it's, at least for me, it is definitely ingrained, you know? It's one of my top, I have two key values. Yeah. Love and gratitude. I'm like love and hilarity. Gratitude yeah. sort of is kind of into into love for me. But, but my point is, is that it's interesting that we haven't talked about it in a while. There's, not, there's nothing wrong with that either. I'm just more reflecting on it now. And even thinking about the show and the seasons, again, we feel like we're in toddler status. We've talked about how, and we've talked about this for a while, and I think the show is such a great microcosm for people listening and for us to to show the actual process of of growth and change and creation you know because we've mentioned having guests and we're we we've talked about that a bunch of times and it's been a while right theoretically someone could be listening and be like geez they've talked been talking about having guests for a fucking year you know what i mean what are they doing over there and it just sometimes life is takes it takes time you know, and so I we finally have our little audio packets for having guests and and uh, we're working on figuring out how to do that now that we have the 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 hard like the what's it called? My brain's hardware. Misfiring. Yeah, the hardware. Jesus, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you know what I mean? That's just another little microcosm of like a season. You know, I imagine the whatever conversations we have with other people, you and myself and all of that, that'll be a kind of another season of the show or another, sure. even though those seasons will be interwoven. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm just sort of rambling, but I feel I like want to talk a little bit about something since you're, you're rambling off. Please, please yeah. stop. Please stop had, this. <laughs> stop me. Stop me. I'm rambling. Please stop this, this train. Um, so I had a excellent season experience just recently, which was one within myself, where uh, I, I performed live for the first time in quite a while because of this whole COVID thing. There's been no live performances. I did two online live streams, but they're very, very different experiences than performing in front of a live audience. And both of these scenarios were very well managed, where it was low volume of people, restricted attendance social distancing, everybody very conscious and very proactive about the way that they're acting. And it was an opportunity for me to kind of look at how I was going to step back into something that I've spent the last 20 years embracing, uh, practicing. And it's been actually like 20 years, kind of this month, next month has been since I started performing DJ wise. And, uh, I, purposefully didn't practice. I didn't plug the mixer in for a couple of months before that. I was completely busy finishing up work projects and getting ready for the move and dealing with my van build. And I was like, I'm not going to interrupt these key projects for this passion that I've been developing for 20 years because everything has its time and its place. And I literally pulled my mixer out of the bag that had been in the bag for months, put it down, plugged in, I had my set of music organized you know, at least I know what I'm going to work with. I've got my playlist to build off of. And I 
just said, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to step up and just do this with no rehearsal. I, I'm like, I know how to do this. I can be confident in myself. And it's amazing. It's taken me 20 years of building the confidence to say, I can walk up here cold with no rehearsal in place. And I can just crush this and do a fantastic job of delivering something that's going to be of a quality that I would expect myself to deliver. And it was fantastic. And I'm... It. I was so grateful that I did that, that I didn't actually like kind of get scared and like get out and practice a little bit, you know, beforehand. Cause I'm like, whatever. The worst thing that could possibly happen here is the music stops. And I know how to fix that in an instant if that happens. So it was a great experience. I followed it up the next week with another performance, which was even better and did the same thing where I'm like, no, I'm going to put my collection of music together. I'm going to walk in there and I'm just going to do what I know how to do. And it was so empowering and it was such a rich, I felt the change in myself of being away from something from long enough to truly appreciate it. It's that little bit of that, like once you're, once it's behind you, like I hadn't had the opportunity to play in a long time. Yeah. And then I go, you know what, when I come back, I'm going to come back and just confidently throw whatever I feel like throwing. And, and it was great. And I'm super stoked on it. So my, my voice to anybody who's out there is trust yourself, be confident, know that if you've put in the time and the work that you can just go ahead and wing it. And what's the worst thing that's going to possibly happen? You do less than perfect and you get better at it the next time. Perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Anything too rehearsed is not inspiring. It doesn't connect. It's, it's forced. It's, you're trying too hard that what I, I mean, again, it goes back to this sort of public speaking piece for me is that there is some rehearsal required to not ramble, 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 ha ha ha. But you know what I mean? This type of environment is different than getting on a pre-recorded news interview. It's different than getting on a live news interview. It's different than doing a, a recorded Zoom interview that's only going to be text. It's different. You know what I mean? So there's the reason I bring that up is it's very present right now with what Highlight's doing and all the media and PR that that we're getting for our message, you know, to inspire women and girls and hopefully lead them to be bold and brave in their lives the way that they're called. But yeah, like that takes practice. You know what I mean? Going and doing my first interview with a actual news microphone in my face after, you know what I mean? That's you, you get better at that as you practice. And it's again, reflecting it to the seasonal nature of things is that, yeah, it's cool. That concept of what does it take to become seasoned you know what i mean a seasoned veteran at whatever like what does that actually take in the reflective process and the and again the humility of the showing up and the action the grit the courage all of the things that go into becoming seasoned at anything yeah oh, I like what do they say oh, let's like say that. 10 10 years or ten thousand hours yeah ten thousand hours totally Right? Yeah, for sure. And it it's an interesting that number, that 10,000 hours number, if like in the world of aircraft pilots, that's that's really like a line in the sand is like have you got 10,000 hours? Really? Because until you have yeah, 10,000 hours is a is a solid like oh, once you've got 10,000 hours you're 
whatever you said is probably true. Well, I loved that book, Outliers, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, which is where that concept is introduced, the 10,000 yeah. hours. Uh, yeah, it's so it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. It seems le- legit to me. It is. Yeah. I would agree. I, I would say it's pretty much right on the money. Yeah. Man. Well, anything else you want to add, my dear? Any yeah, other I just, thoughts? I would say one encouragement to our audience that if you have not yet... No, you know what? No, let me rephrase that. <laughs> Scratch that. Start over. Start over. <laughs> Go outside. Enjoy the fall before it's gone. Yes, because yes. you will never have this fall again. This fall will be gone and you will be a new you and it will be a new season. And this fall is going to be this fall and it'll never be another one just like it. It may be the best fall of your life, but don't miss it. Go outside, go be in the trees, go watch the temperature change, take advantage of it, enjoy yourself, go outside, have fun. I am doing that. Right after we hang up this call, I'm going to go do that. I'm going to snap a fucking selfie in my raincoat, and I'm going to post it in Trust the Journey family, and I'll be like, guys, you don't know. You won't have heard this episode yet, but <laughs> this is the picture. <laughs> when you hear it on the show, this is the picture. Yeah, for reals. But anybody listening, we value your time and attention so, so very much. We love you deeply. And we're just so thankful that you're with us and, and giving us any bit of your time and attention to to reflect with us and be in this process with us. So, yeah, please share as you're inspired to other people, Any anyone you think any episode that we've done might, you know, how it might help another person in your life. Feel free to join us in the Trust the Journey family if you ever want to. And really just we're grateful that you're here and we love you. Yeah, thank you to everybody who listens. Thank you for our family. You guys are guys and gals. You people are fantastic. Everyone who listens to the show, thank you so much. It really does keep this machine rolling. Melanie and I be able to invest the time. Those of you who support us through our Patreon page, it really does make a big difference. Thank you so much for your contributions. It's a huge part of our weekly routine. And we are grateful for your listenership and your patronage. Yeah, heck yes. So go out, get in the fall. And keep laughing, keep loving, and keep trusting the journey. And we love you. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye.